Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by neurodevelopment specialist Nikki McGlynn. Nikki and I had a fascinating conversation about primitive reflexes, specifically what happens to us in adulthood when those reflexes aren't integrated properly. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Nikki, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Well, I'm excited to dive into this conversation today. I think it's a really relevant topic for a lot of people in an area that I think a lot of people might not understand is can be impacting um, injuries, their just overall well-being, and um, all of that um, just function of life stuff. So um, before we dive into that, though, the most important question, who are you? <laughs> so my name's Nikki McGlynn. I'm based um, just outside London in the UK. Awesome. Awesome. Well, tell us, um, well, well, actually, let me go here. Um, I know from our conversation, you deal with um, primitive reflexes, how to integrate those into the body, but let's back, back up a little bit and talk about like what primitive reflexes are and like how these develop in, in us in infancy, toddlerhood, like whatever time frame. Okay, so so primitive reflexes are movement patterns, and they're expressed by um, all babies all over the world. They start in utero, and they should have integrated into our central nervous system by about age two. Um, and when they don't integrate properly, that's when we get problems. Now, most people haven't heard of primitive reflexes, um, and when they have heard of primitive reflexes, they think that they apply really to children. So they become a sort of a young children or a, or where children are struggling at school, that kind of um, view of things. But if we have retained primitive reflexes or if they have re-emerged due to accident or injury or trauma, then they can affect us as adults as well. So it's it can be a problem right through from childhood all the way through to adulthood. And it's never too late to work on them. Obviously, as children, you can work on integrating primitive reflexes and they integrate and they function much better. Um, as, as adults, it's a process that we probably need to keep going at um, all the time. But it's, it's something that is relatively easy to identify. There's all sorts of different movement programs that can help them to integrate. And, uh, and, it, and it, to me, it's a, it's a big problem that has a fairly simple solution that nobody knows about. So how, how do these uh, reflexes, like how do they not get integrated in the system as far as, you know, we develop these, like I remember learning in my pediatrics classes in school, like all the different reflexes, how, what happens with the body that these don't get integrated properly and that they remain present? So sometimes it can be genetic predisposition. So um, sometimes it can be something happens during pregnancy. Sometimes it can be something happens during labor or that children don't develop, babies don't develop quite as they should once they're born. So for instance, where we talk about tummy time, in the historically babies spent all their time on their tummies they would be put to sleep on their tummies now of course we have the back to sleep campaign where babies are put to sleep on the backs then they go on their backs into car seats and they go on their backs into baby gyms um, and they don't have enough time on their tummies and if they're not 
on their tummies then they don't develop proper control of their heads and their necks and then the neck reflexes are particularly associated with conditions such as dyspraxia, dyscalculia, um, dyslexia. So if, if you have a baby who hasn't ever been able to get proper control of their head and neck, then those are the kind of things that can go alongside. So similarly, if, if we have a, 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 an assisted birth so where a baby's born by cesarean section or by von twos or forceps, and they don't have a, the opportunity to properly wriggle down the birth canal, then you can have uh, retained spinal reflexes. And then that's associated with, with uh, issues like ADHD, focus and concentration problems, problems with listening, paying attention, problems with late bedwetting. Um, and then further back, if there's problems um, during pregnancy or, or problems during delivery, then you can have retained fear reflexes. And fear reflexes probably is what I see the most in my clinic. And they have a really profound effect because they will then also prevent the other reflexes from integrating properly, but also they stop you from feeling safe in the world. So if you have a retained fear reflex, it won't necessarily be frightened, but it, it, it'll stop you feeling safe. And then if you don't feel safe in the world, then it's very difficult to function. So you get a lot of... Um, anxiety a lot of social anxiety a lot of controlling behavior um there's lots of issues associated with fear reflexes allergies as well poor function of the of the um vagus nerve and of course polyvagal theory is a whole new system of 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 therapy where we're looking at how to deal with um anxiety and trauma and then you've got issues around digestion and and being able to process our food properly so so these reflexes have really wide repercussions it's so interesting it's it's stuff I don't even consider being impacted by like I think reflexes I think movement patterns it's all these other things that that I don't even think about and you know I've known for a while that you know, c-sections aren't the best way to go but I've always thought it was more because of like the mother and her healing not necessarily for what happens in that baby coming down the birth canal. That's super interesting. When you think when a, when a baby's born, that, that whole birthing process, that whole positioning, the wriggling down the birth canal, and then that whole movement out of, out of the birth canal with that twist and that head coming back, you know, that's, that, that, that's all reflex responses. So if those reflexes don't have a chance to exhibit themselves properly, then that's when we, we we develop problems. You know, it's not to say cesareans aren't amazing and life-saving and, and all the rest of it, but what we have to be aware of is that is that there are implications. So if if we're aware of those implications, then we can do things to correct them. So if you have a baby who's born by cesarean section, there are things you can do to 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 moderate the 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 implications of that birth process so that, that so that they don't develop the issues that, that we see sometimes in clinic. Okay. Interesting. So fast forward, um, since most of the people who obviously people who listen to the show probably have had kids or maybe have young kids recently, but just thinking about the injured athlete, what, what sort of things could be going on from a primitive reflex standpoint that is contributing to some of these like constant injuries that people get? So yeah, so that's that's the piece that I find really interesting is that is that when you sustain an injury and you keep sustaining the same injury and there's no real explanation for it, then it could be the fact that you that there are reflexes sitting behind that 
that are causing that problem. So, so for I talked to briefly about neck reflexes. So you have um, three neck reflexes, uh, a tonic labyrinthine neck reflexes, which is the forward back one, and uh, asymmetric tonic neck reflex, which goes from side to side. Now, this reflex has a lot to do with understanding you have a right side and a left side of the body and being able to get those two parts of the body to integrate. If they, if that isn't working properly and you have tension down one side, um, then you're more likely to say to, to sustain an injury on that side. And it's very difficult then to be able to get symmetry in the body because, because the body is not able to work symmetrically because neurologically that reflex isn't integrated and it's not allowing the body to work together properly. So similarly, when we see things like um, tendon guard reflex, which is another one of the fear reflexes, that will create tension all the way through the body. So particularly around the bottom, the back of the body interferes with breathing patterns. So if the body is extra tense, then that's when you're also, when you're more likely to sustain injuries. Okay. So those kind of things that are particularly interesting, I think. Yeah, definitely. When we're talking the side to side, now I'm curious, um, is like if you don't have awareness of one side or less awareness of one side can that also be contributed to like torticollis or like oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. problems that we have just because they're always wanting to like look one direction absolutely absolutely so yeah so so and and when you think that the the reflex is all about movements. If you have a, if you have something that that has restricted movement right at the beginning, so torticollis or or talipes or one of those sort of structural uh, developmental problems, then also that's going to interfere with your ability to move in the womb and with your ability to move once you're born. So absolutely, it will predispose you to having more of those kind of issues, and also it will it will. Those, those kind of conditions will not allow those reflexes to integrate and the unintegration of those reflexes will kind of exacerbate that problem that you have. So by, by working particularly on those kind of patterns, it can be incredibly helpful. Okay. So actually, before I, I go there, as far as working on the patterns, um, I know you mentioned, which is really fascinating to me, because I for me, the reflexes make sense for the movement side of things. Um, but you also mentioned emotional, mental, like it impacts a lot of things there. How does not getting those primitive reflexes integrated impact those other areas of our life? So, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So from a, a, a mental and emotional perspective, because those reflexes allow the brain to make connections within itself. So, so, so backwards to forwards and inside to out. If those connections aren't well made, then you have emotional issues. So back to the neck reflexes, because they they are particularly affect uh, processing in the prefrontal cortex. So things like being able to plan and and uh, understand information that they can then cause a problem with there. So with the spinal reflexes, then they may have an effect on the connections in the limbic system. So in the limbic system is your emotional brain anyway. So if your emotional brain isn't well connected up to the prefrontal cortex, then, then you have problems with controlling those kind of explosive emotions. 
So, and similarly, if your if your fear reflexes are active and therefore you're much more um, hypervigilant, then that also has issues around those kind of um, explosive reactions, being able to form relationships, make sense of things. So, so that's really how they make it. And they have a really profound impact. So, um, and interestingly, things like simple things like hand reflexes have big implications on being able to form relationships because hand reflexes are all about holding on and letting go. So mm. if you have issues about holding on to people and letting go of people, then that then has issues around being able to form and build relationships, healthy relationships. That's really interesting. Isn't it? <laughs> so interesting. Let's take a quick break to talk about Venga CBD. I absolutely love CBD because of what it can do for the body with decreasing inflammation, increasing recovery, and enhancing sleep. Venga has an awesome product in the Ultra Gels to enhance recovery and also has their sleep product, which is amazing for both the recovery aspect because it has the CBD, but also the sleep aspect because it has a compound called CBN, as well as melatonin. The other thing I absolutely love about Venga is it is made by athletes for athletes. So it is a highly tested product to ensure that it is high quality and is clean. I encourage you to go check out Venga CBD and test it out for yourself and see if you get the same benefits that I do. You can check out all of their great products by going to getyourfixpt.com slash VengaCBD. And if you use my code getyourfix at checkout, you can save an extra 20%. You can also check out all of my partners at getyourfixpt.com slash partners. And now let's get back to the conversation. The other thing that's coming to mind, and I, and I may be totally off, off course here, but, um, you know, we, we all know those people who have these big goals and never achieve these goals and always like have trouble getting there is the, like that fear reflex part, like, can that be part of it as far as, Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say for, I don't have empirical evidence for that, but I'm sure that is the case because, because if you have issues with not feeling safe and then that translates into issues around being seen you know if you don't want to be seen if you have if you have there's two main reflexes we look at the fear paralysis reflex and the morrow reflex fear paralysis reflex shuts down the system the morrow reflex is really about fight flight so if you have an active fear paralysis reflex or even a mildly retained fear paralysis reflex and you put yourself in the position of being successful and therefore more seen, that can be absolutely terrifying. So yes, I think for some people that will then stop you from making that next step forward. Okay. Yeah, it just kind of like, to me it makes sense, but I wasn't sure if there was any connection there or not. Um, you mentioned, going back to the physical side of things, you mentioned as far as neck reflexes when those are missing with the tightness, with the, pretending one side isn't there or not realizing one side is there when it comes to the spinal reflexes, what sort of things are we looking at happening to the body? Um, 
in those situations? Uh, with spinal reflexes, I think predominantly the, 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 the three spinal reflexes, the one that we tend to focus on is one called your spinal gallant reflex, which sits either side of the lower spine. Um, and when that's still active, that gives you lots of problems with being able to be still. So children and adults who can't sit still, often it's because that reflex is still active. Now in, in children, if you touch it, it's really tickly and it makes them jump. In adults, it, they, they learn to lock that down. So they lock down the lower portion of their spine, either on one side or both sides, depending on where the reflex is retained. And then that then gives you issues around being able to mobilize your lower spine and your pelvic area. So from a sports perspective, that causes lots of problems. I'm sure you've seen that, where people just, just cannot get that part of their body moving, or if they do, it's very stiff and awkward. Um, and then also that then translates into things like um, irritable bowel syndrome, because those muscles are so tight on the lower back and back problems generally, back problems, hip problems, pelvic problems, where, where the muscles are just so tight. And then if you have it retained on one side, you can then end up with scoliosis further up the back, where the back then tries to adjust to allow for that, that stuckness lower down in the back. Okay, interesting. And then going down a little bit further, um, what sort of things, reflexes can we be missing in the legs or sorry, what sort of reflexes could be still um, primitive in the legs causing us issues? So, um, so the neck reflexes, because, because although the reflexes are, uh, are attributed to a certain part of the body, they have an effect over the whole body. So, so neck reflexes can have a massive effect on the neck, particularly on the legs, okay. particularly this TLR reflex. So, so okay. if you have a TLR backwards that's retained, then you have tension all the way down the back of the body and into mm. the back of the legs. And that's where you get people who have a tendency to, I mean, in children, you see it a lot as toe walkers, but you, but you see that real tension down the back of the legs. Um, and uh, similarly, um, amphibian reflex, which is a really a reflex that's associated with crawling, if that hasn't developed, so that's a, it's not a primitive reflex, it's a, it's a, um, it's a, it's a later reflex. If that hasn't developed, then that then causes problems with being able to control the legs. Tendon guard, again, huge tightness down the legs. Um, and, um, Landau reflex, which is a transitional reflex, that also will give you real problems down the legs. So usually what it, it, it translates as tightness. Okay. Um, so, but then that being said, neck reflex is also associated with hypermobility. So uh, because the information that's going through to the joints isn't correct. So you end up with, I mean, obviously this isn't conditions like Ehlers-Danlos, although reflex integration will improve conditions like Ehlers-Danlos, but where people just have hypermobility, then um, sometimes that can be to do with, with retained neck reflexes. And conversely, when you're looking at somebody with cerebral palsy, um, where it's that over tightness, then again, reflex integration can help the muscles uh, uh, re-educate so that you don't have so much tightness in the system. Okay. You know, the, the whole like tightness and hypermobility combination actually makes sense to me. Cause so many times I find like people are just 
hypermobile, unstable in joints. And so that body just tightens up to protect it. So that combination there definitely makes sense in my mind. So from my, so from a re, cause I see everything through that reflex lens, yeah, Absolutely. but from that reflex lens, what I'm seeing the hypermobility and the tension is because that, that reflex is retained. So what you're seeing is the tension through the body to stay upright and the hypermobility because the information, the feedback loop isn't, isn't okay. working correctly. Okay. So how do we go about, especially, you know, once we're in our forties, fifties, like obviously we're past the infancy age where these would integrate. How do we start integrating these things into our system? So, so, so there's, there's movements that you, and lots and lots of different movement programs out there that you can find. Um, so, so really anybody who's running a neurodevelopment movement program will give you movements that will allow those reflexes to integrate. Now, the issue I've found with adults is that they don't integrate permanently, that it becomes something that you have to do like forever to keep okay. that, to keep those reflexes in the system, um, in the central nervous system rather than active in your system. Uh, but that being said, it isn't, it isn't a lot, you know, it's it, it, depending on which system you look at, it can be just a few minutes you know, even every day, once, once you've, once you've developed to a point where function is improved, then keeping it going is, is a lot easier. So, okay. you know, maybe 10 to 15 minutes, probably not even that, if maybe three or four times a week would be enough to keep those reflexes settled. Okay. Now, are there ways that we can like test ourselves to kind of figure out, is it a reflex issue or is it kind of a process of elimination? Well, like normal traditional things aren't working. So let's look at this next. Uh, absolutely. Um, and reflexes, retain reflexes are pretty easy to spot. So ideally you should be able to move any part of your body without any other part of your body having to get involved. So okay. when you're looking, for example, when you're looking at, at retained neck reflexes, um, you should be able to move your head from the, at this point at the back without having to involve your shoulders or your back or your bottom or your legs, you should be able to just be able to move your head backwards and forwards from that point. So what we see now, sort of the 25s and under, is that is that they've really struggled to move their head from the base of their spine. They tend to move their head from the base of their neck. And that's because of this whole not being able to spend time on their tummies as a baby. Okay. So... So, so not ever having been able to get proper control of their heads. So, so that's an easy one to spot. Um, you should, so one that um, people are probably very familiar with is when you have this neck reflex retained. When you, in, in the reflex pattern for this is that when you move your head to the side, the side that you move your head to, the arm extends and the other arm comes in. And the same thing happens with the leg. So, the, so your arm comes in, the leg on that side will come up and the opposite leg will extend. Now, what you see in adults is if they're driving and they look behind them or they look down at the seat next to them, when they move their head to look down at the seat next to them, this arm extends and this arm comes in. So what happens is you get people swerving. So if you're sat with somebody who moves their head and swerves the car, that's why. It's because that this reflex, asymmetric neck reflex is still retained. So, so, and I'm sure there's a lot on the internet actually of being able to identify things. Um, and I think there are subtleties that perhaps are less easy to spot 
for for if you're just looking something up um, and you're not really sure about what you're looking for, particularly as we were saying about the spinal gland reflex, the typical, um, let me grab my baby. So the typical check for a spinal gland is to go on all fours and then just uh, run your fingernail down the side of the spine, either side of the spine. And then what happens is the baby kicks out to the side that you're stimulating. Now in older children and adults, what happens when you run your finger down that part is that the, the hips don't kick out. What happens is the, is the muscles become more tense. So you see a red line or a white line or you see the muscles come up either side in a little ridge and like the spine drops down into a gully. So you have to know what you're looking for to be able to spot that. But there's other ways of being able to identify which reflexes are active. But, but very simply, if you have to move another part of your body to move the part of the body you want to move, then that's often a reflex issue. So whether that's your legs or your arms or your head, we should be able to move everything individually. And if we can't, then that's because there's a reflex going on. Okay, that makes sense. And I see especially when it comes to like the spinal areas, so many issues like with the shoulder blades. And then, like you said earlier with the pelvis, like just people not being able to, to isolate those movements. So like, I'm just kind of like, I can picture what this, what this looks like in people for sure. And the the third neck reflex isn't, isn't on the neck. The third neck reflex sits around the core. So, uh, and that's a transitional reflex. That's your symmetrical tonic neck reflex. Um, and it sits in the core of the body. Now, that is the reflex that uh, allows you to crawl. So often when people talk about developmental issues and that babies not crawling is a real issue, and that's one of the reasons why it's an issue is that that reflex never gets a chance to develop properly. So if that reflex hasn't integrated, that's a really easy one to spot because that's one where, where if children W sit or adults have to sit cross-legged on a chair or have to sit with one leg under them or just struggle with, with keeping themselves upright, often it's a, it, that's a symmetrical tonic neck reflex issue. So if you're working as a, as, a, as a physical therapist or a yoga teacher or a Pilates teacher, or whatever, if you're working with somebody and you want them to engage their core, well, if you, that reflex is active, your brain doesn't know where your core is never felt it, it's never experienced it. Mm. So you're trying to engage a part of your body that your brain doesn't recognize. So, and that I think is, is really helpful. And you see that in people, you know, really, really fit people who tend to have a pot belly. Often it's because that reflex is still active and they can't tone that stomach up. Well, it's because they're, they're STNR still active. Okay. This is so fascinating. So <laughs> fascinating. Um, okay. Awesome. Okay. So if I know you mentioned as far as there's a lot of different places people can look for like where to, how to start working on this. Um, can you just point in, them in any directions as far as like certain courses so, or websites? Um, or... So I'm my primarily, I primarily use a system called rhythmic movement training. Okay. So, um, and I think in the States they're based in Texas. Um, and then I think it really depends on finding the right therapist that works with you because a lot of people will only work with children so um and in the states i know dr robert Millelio is very well known and uh, he does a, a system called brain balance but that's very much geared at children and very much geared at children with special needs um there's another system called mnri which is svetlana muscatova's neuro 
development program. Um, so it's really, because it depends very much on who is near you locally, it is probably worth just having a look, either asking in Facebook groups or, or Googling to see who is near you and who's prepared to work with adults, because some people only work with children. Um, my practice is mixed and I think increasingly I'm working with adults, increasingly I'm working with adults who are dealing with trauma. Um, and I think primitive reflexes are often the missing link in, in trauma recovery. So we're back to the fear reflexes again. Okay. So, so I'm seeing lots of adults who are dealing with complex trauma or PTSD. Um, and this can make a real difference. And of course, it, because it's a movement therapy, not a talking therapy, it sits really well alongside any talking therapies that people do. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Nikki, this was super informative, super helpful. Um, if anyone has any other questions or just is curious more about what you do, um, where can they find you or find more information? So, uh, so my Facebook page is Organized Mind with an S because I'm English. Um, <laughs> and, my, and my website is www.organizedmind.co.uk. Um, and I'm always happy to answer questions. Always, always. You know, I'm, I am so, um, I think primitive reflexes are absolutely fascinating. Uh, and, and they just seem to be the missing link for so many people in, in trying to deal with issues that they have coming up, whether they're children, their children, or as children, or, or as adults. And I'm really keen that more people understand about primitive reflexes, because it's, it's easy, you know, it's a, it's a simple thing, you know, and even from a, from a, a, a what can I do that's really simple to help myself, you know, if you understand that reflexes are about movement, the brain develops through movement, anything you do that moves your body helps your brain. So, so whether it's yoga or Tai Chi or, cause those are patterns, those are yoga and Tai Chi are patterns or Qigong, they're movement, they, they are using the body in movement repetitive patterns. And rhythm is really helpful as well with, with your brain being able to learn information, you know, but dancing is really good. You know, they did a big study on um, dementia and, and tea dances, you know, formal dancing and found that it made a real difference because it's rhythmic, it's repetitive, it's patterns, and it's social. So when you do something that's social, that also really, really helps. So really anything that you enjoy that, that moves your body, that gets you out there, ideally in moving in patterns is, is great. Very cool. Well, thank you so much again for today. This is great talking with you. And likewise, thank you, Bren. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Highly Functional. If you know someone who would benefit from the information discussed today, I highly encourage you to share this episode with them. Also, if you are dealing with a chronic foot and ankle issue that is keeping you from running and racing like you want, then check out the Race Prep Masterclass. You can access the free masterclass at getyourfixpt.com free online masterclass. Now go out and have an awesome day.